Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Izzy, and I'll be sharing the stories of industry leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs paving a path for future generations to come. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsor, Yellow Brick, which empowers dreamers to achieve their calling. With programs in film, performing arts, streetwear, music, sneakers, and so many more, it's truly taking their students and teaching them their passions, turning their passion into side hustle, and turning their side hustle into careers. So if you're interested, check them out at yellowbrick.co. Honesty Hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started today. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Today I have on, I'm not going to say a dope individual because I've said that in the last like six episodes and I'm sorry for anybody that's listened to the last six episodes and had to hear that. Um, let me think of a different term. Today I have on someone who is, hmm, how do I define TJ? Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to let TJ define herself. So I want to welcome TJ to the Strange on Purpose podcast. TJ, thanks for coming on. No, Izzy, thank you so much for having me on. I'd really, truly appreciate it. If you were to give yourself an intro to the podcast, to anybody that's listening, how would you introduce yourself? Oh, goodness. I would probably introduce myself as a motivated, dynamic, and outgoing individual uh totally engrossed in kicks fashion anything that lifts my spirit and trying to always focus on the good don't let the bad weigh you down i love how positive you are throughout everything and if you follow tj and anybody that's listening you have your phone as long as you're not driving go ahead type in talks with tj on instagram She's going to pop up and you go through her stuff. Every, there's no negativity in what she's talking about. So where's that mindset come from, TJ? Uh, it's, it's interesting. So when you first, uh, you know, broached the subject, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. You said, I want to know, you know, what makes you strange on purpose. And you have no idea how much that question <laughs> racked my brain. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like, okay, is like I may know the ways that I feel different, but how can I articulate being strange on purpose? And it's funny because the compliment I get time and time again now, and I'm really humbled and grateful for it, is, you know, my energy that it's really refreshing, it's unmatched, it, it's so positive, it's so upbeat, and that it really uh, just sparks something else in people. And I think it's mistaken that my positivity is always based on optimism but for me i don't think it is so if i were to give the backstory of it um i'm very realistic i i, I don't not somebody that really focuses on being idealistic so i am very realistic in usually three things what i am in control of human nature and then the reality that everything passes in due time and if you 
if, you know, me focusing on those three things, it leaves very little room for negativity because there's a lot that's outside of my control. So I try not to focus on it. Um, I make peace with human nature because we are who we are as individuals. And then I also understand time really does take away most things. You know, give time time is one thing I was told back in the day. And it's something that stuck with me. So I, I try not to leave a lot of room to be negative. I focus on what I can control and that I know that's always my attitude and my mindset towards anything. When when I went through your profile the first time I met or first time I was introduced to you, um, I mentioned I saw nothing but positivity, but at the same time, you you say you practice a ton of patience, but you also fill that that time that you have to be patient with uh, a ton of productive tasks and and things like that. So, uh, where like where's that motivation come from? Is it your I know in your upbringing was it was it that was what's really pushing you to make sure that you're you're not having any like hardcore like amazing amount of uh, downtime or anything like that it's funny uh so i just turned 31 on november 21st to my mom because she wasn't here thank you (laughs) (laughs) um since she wasn't since my mom wasn't here physically to celebrate it with me she thought it necessary to go far back down (laughs) memory lane and as a former social worker, she loves to remind me of different behaviors or things I may have done in the past as a child and how she's seen it evolve and grow and the ways that it's really served to help me be the person that I am today and experience the things I have. And even back then, uh, she goes, what what child wants to be so organized as to label their drawers and to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, to have everything and just a a meticulous way and even if I told you oh well you can't watch TV right now or you can't play a video game right now she goes it did not phase you you simply went on to draw or do something else creatively there was never um, anything in any dead space within your your day it was reading it was always spent doing something so I think I've never really had the ability to just sit still I'm always wanting to move forward in something that captures my attention and uh, I consume a lot of, of Gary Vee content. And so, of course, it is catered to a lot of creators. And he would always just, he always preaches, you know, people are so impatient in this space. They think it will happen immediately overnight. And I never wanted to adopt that mentality going into this because, you know, trying to, if you go into this just thinking you're going to blow up, you're setting yourself up for a lot of frustration and a lot of disappointment. But if you go into it um, understanding there's something new you can enjoy every day creatively, uh, I, I think that's what continues to help push me. Now, in terms of all areas of life, I can't, it's hard for me to explain because it's almost second nature. Like for a very long time, it was second nature for me to get up at three o'clock in the morning to go lift weights at 4 a.m. And I wasn't mandated to do that. I wasn't <laughs> under any, you know, coaching or, or guidance or need. I don't compete and bodybuilding or anything in that way. So it, it there was no formal goal that I had there. Um, I just want to continue to better myself and push myself. My mom teases me. I'm the definition of just do it. I'm just, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just do whatever the task is that'll get me closer to a goal. I don't really question it if the logic is there and it makes sense. And I have the time and I'm of good health. I, I don't want to waste it because I know everybody doesn't always have those, you know, those, those, priceless opportunities your 
focus, your focuses, I should say, are very, very niche. Where did they, where did you, when did you start developing passions for the, the waking up every morning and, and going to work out? And uh, I'm going to pick up the, not the latest sneaker, but I'm going to make sure I'm picking up sneakers and, and doing it the right way with finances. Where, where did that come from? So in terms of fitness, I've always been active, even when I was really little, and I've always actually been a tomboy, so anything girly was just out of the question. I told my mom one year, I go, listen, I want to be a football player for (laughs) Halloween, and she's like, okay. She she never fought it. She never went against anything. She was super supportive, so I said, I want to be a football player, and little did she know, like, I was going to wear that football uniform, like, every single day, though, beyond... Halloween and then I said mom I want this movie she got me the little giant so you could not tell me that I was not going to be part of some little league football team and I actually went to like I just wanted to always push myself to be very active and in the middle of it so I attended I remember a uh, football camp it was a Jamie Brooks football camp and he was a, a former NFL player I was the only girl in the entire camp of like 40, 50-some boys, and it did not matter to me. I was there neck and neck with them the entire time, and I always wanted to push myself, okay, can I – I won't necessarily be the fastest, the strongest, the most skilled on a court, a a track, because I ran track and field as well, or even soccer when I did play, but I'm going to go out there, and and I will will compete, um, absolutely, uh, no questions asked. So it's always been there. I started playing sports at about seven or eight. And it continued through high school varsity sports. Um, College was the big change because I I got injured freshman year. You understand there's a total shift that has to happen with so much that's demanded of you. Even in Division III sports, there's there's so much that's demanded of you while also keeping your grades up because I was on academic scholarship. Um, not athletic. So I had to maintain certain standards there for grades. I knew my mom wasn't going to take me slacking off at (laughs) all. And when I made the decision to walk away from uh, basketball and just focus on school sophomore year, it still left all of this time. And it still left this drive of I have to be active. I can't just sit down. I've never, I've never sat down. What do I do without a season? I don't have practices. I don't have anything. (laughs) And so I still maintained working out once or twice a day at school, even once I was done with, with basketball and I I wanted to continue that. So once I was done with graduate school, I just made it a staple part of my life, no matter what, every day, I'm going to continue to be active uh, as much as I could. And the 4am part came about because I work a full-time career, but also I had other things, you know, I needed to get done during the day if I'm just maintaining my household. So I said, okay, looking at my schedule, when does it make sense for me to go work out? And also when are there the least amount of people there so I can just kind of be in my space. And it was early in the morning. So I would get up at around three, get to the gym about three thirty, four o'clock, stay there until 5.30, I would get back, I would get ready for work and go about my day. Now I don't have to get up that early just simply because I work from home now, but I still maintain, I usually start my day with, with a workout because that's a commitment to myself I don't ever want to let go of. I think it's so easy to let everything else be prioritized except for having something for yourself, like your own self-care, your own um, self-worth in terms of your body. We're, we only get one and we usually tend to abuse it. So for, for fitness, it's truly part of me. I feel, I'm one of those people that feels weird if I go so many days without working out. It just doesn't 
feel natural um, for creatively. So I did not start, it it didn't start out in terms of being outwardly kick focused. I've always been into sneakers. I was a little girl that cried if you put me in a dress. I just wanted to be in sneakers and, and sweatpants, sweatshirt. I always wanted to be comfortable. And I, I maintained still having my kicks when I went to college. My mom even told me, you do not need all these sneakers going to college. I'm like, yes, I do, mom. Just understand this. Like, other kids will bring as much stuff. No no, no child brought as much stuff to college. I had stuff ab- above the closet, under the bed, in the closet, just all around. So I found out I didn't need as much stuff as I brought. But I would always have, you know, as I got older, like younger 20s, other young adults, I would just see them on Instagram or on Twitter, you know, jokingly complaining about not being able to afford just like the basic things in life. And they were graduates with degrees and they had jobs, but they were still complaining that basic necessities were a problem. And here I am posting, oh, got this, got that, this. And they're like, wait, are, do you not like like struggle? Like what 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 is the problem here? What are we missing? And I go, well, I just budget my money, I, I I know what I'm going to make every, you know, week, whether I'm paid weekly or twice a month, I know what I'll make. So I'll just make a plan to take care of my needs, budget for my wants, put some aside for saving and make sure that I'm, I'm paying extra on my debt if I can. And I, I certainly credit that to my mom because I, I learned that like many people don't know. So she went through a period where she was unable to work due to a car accident and my lifestyle never changed. Like it really didn't change or differ, even regardless of the fact that she wasn't working. I was, I still had Christmases kids were jealous of, and I was still able to get kicks for basketball and track and the one pair, you know, if you, once you get really good grades or the one pair for your birthday or Christmas. And I know that's because of her diligent uh, behavior in terms of managing money, making sure she planned for the long term and not just uh, short term gratification. And I try to carry that as much as I can. I know I could always be doing better, but I try to carry that. And young adults will start to reach out to me that I was acquainted with to ask, you know, hey, just just I'm not understanding, you know, where I'm going wrong with with my money. And I would say, okay, let's just sit down. Like, what are your fixed expenses? And I would realize, okay, they, they laid these out. And then they would tell me the things they would they would like to do during the month that may be variable. And so I'm like, okay, I'm missing the connection here because you have an extra like $500 a month. So what do you mean you're struggling, <laughs> you know, every single month? You're clearly able to put aside, you know, thousands a year in savings. Like, what's the problem? And they go, well, I don't know. And, and it kind of clicked that, we're, we're, I have a finance degree, and we still only did one personal finance class. So we're we're not educating young adults on how to manage money. We're not educating them on how to win early on in adulthood just by having a plan, right? We just say, oh, you need to have a five-year plan for life, but we don't even teach kids how to have a plan for their first paycheck when yeah. it comes in. And I, I think we drop the ball there, and we set them up to continue that um, generation after generation. And so I started to help young adults on Twitter. It was a, I'll never forget. It was a long Twitter thread that was like, Hey, okay, if you make X for example, and your rent is this and your, your utilities are this and cable is this and your phone bill is this, and this is gas and this is food. I go, okay, we have taken care of your basic needs, throw in medication or pets or other variables that you may have that are fixed for your life. And then, you know, what are the minimum debt payments? And beyond that, what are the things you would like to do? And you may have to tell yourself no on some things, but you don't have to say no on all things if you make a plan so you're not feeling guilty for the things you're doing for yourself. 
And there were so many young adults that said, oh, this really helped. Like, I never thought of it that way. And one of my friends said, you should really write like an ebook to help uh, people out with this. And I'm like, listen, Lex, no one's going to read this ebook. And she's like, yes, they will. Trust me. I'm like, okay. I took two weeks time, wrote the ebook, had my mom and godmom proofread it. They said, it's, it's great. It's good to go. I, I said, hey, everybody, it's free because I feel like this is information we should have received. I sent that out, I believe, on Twitter and Instagram, and I probably sent out 40 to 50 copies within like a 72-hour time span to people's Damn. emails. It, it was shocking. I was like, man, if I had charged, I could have made a nice little, a yeah. nice little, little buck. But till this day, I still just provide it for free. I want to be able to be a helpful resource to, to young adults because we've seen our parents often just work to live and enjoy very few things or they even feel guilty you know so many parents feel guilty if they do anything for themselves um, because they're always doing things for their kids and i don't want that for other young adults so the book was doing well and i said okay what's another way to kind of get that message out because some some people they don't connect maybe with the book even though there's an example in there of how to budget and so Lex said, well you you you're great at articulating your thoughts why not just do a youtube channel and I was, like, super green back then. It's not that I wouldn't watch YouTube, but I'm just thinking, okay, sure, I'm going to do a YouTube channel. So I did it, and let me tell you, it humbles you when you get, like, no views on, <laughs> on anything. And, but I love the information that I was putting out because it was, all, it was all about personal finance at first. So most people don't know. They have to go all the way back to my very first video. My channel was actually called Fat to Fit Finance, which in my mind it made sense, right, because if you were – um, you know, fitness and finance can go hand in hand. And if you were um, oversaturated with a lot of debt, it was really just going to, you know, hurt your health in terms of, you know, being financially fit. And so if you could cross to the other side, it would help you out. It made sense in my mind, didn't make sense in application, but <laughs> that didn't make sense in application, but it was my first experience. Um, I still really enjoyed it. I just ended up taking a break because I was just focused on other things. And finally I said, you know what, I want to jump back into it, but I wanted it to be much more authentic to me because as much as I enjoy talking about basic money management skills, I talk about kicks nonstop all day, every day, uh, sun up to sundown with friends on threads and, and comments. And that's what I decided to incorporate with Talks with TJ. So the name changed so that I could talk about any and everything, but be able to integrate personal finance and use sneakers as a medium for young adults to really connect with it. And the the best comments I get are not that, oh, I caught this sneaker too. I'm like, awesome, congratulations. But it's the comments of people saying, you know, from watching your videos, I've cut down my credit card debt. I've made a plan to pay off my student loans. Um, I still watch all of your content, but I'm not buying sneakers right now because financially I understand my money could be better spent. And so I'm trying to do that right now at this time. Like those are the comments that mean the most. And it lets me know I feel like I'm doing something right, even if I sometimes think I, I just jumped into this. Damn. What's, um, how do you stay consistent with that? I, I log on to YouTube almost probably, definitely daily, um, but it's almost a ritual. I wake up in the morning before my girlfriend, um, make coffee, let the dog out, sit down with my coffee, and tune in to some vlog and most of the time it's yours other times it isn't but your name is constantly popped up and it's constantly popped up in a way 
that's different than other YouTube creators because you have you're you're essentially you have premieres basically throughout the week so you're 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 doing stuff ahead of time so how do you stay consistent through it all it's so it's funny i i joke on my channel always i never intended to be a daily creator on youtube uh because for people that are if you know anything about creating in that space that's usually reserved for people where it's their full-time career yeah so it, it's reserved for those creators where that is how they sustain their way of life is by creating amazing you know um, high production level level content and so when i first started out i think it was only once a week and then it was something would come up where well i really want to talk I'll talk about this topic as well but it doesn't necessarily tie into that topic so okay i'll just do a second video and then, as you know, with sneakers, there's all kinds of news and updates and things yeah. that can go on within the culture of the community. And you may want to speak on it because people are asking your opinion on it. So, OK, I'll go ahead and add another video. But I knew there were still certain things I couldn't let slack because it's so easy to get caught up in uh, creating that, oh, well, I went to bed late, so I'll just skip a workout. Well, you, if, if I skip the workout, OK, I got to go work out now. But if I have something else planned with friends or with family, when am I going to film and then when am I going to edit? And so I decided, okay, I got to have a plan of what I want to do. So I sat down and I actually mapped out. So I would just print off months of the calendar, you know, January through December. Now I never intended it to fill it that far ahead, but I would sit down and say, okay, what are the discussions I know in my mind I want to have, whether it's a series, whether it's focusing on just one specific topic um, are there certain shoes I already know I'm going to buy throughout the month or the year so I can already put those down on the calendar? And as I started to map that out, I realized, well, if you already know what you're going to talk about Thursday and Friday, if you have the time Monday, why not just record them? You don't have to edit them at that point, but why not just record them so they're done? And then when you have downtime Monday night, Tuesday night, edit upload them, get everything set, and, and you can go about your day. So that's where it started. I just wanted to kind of jump ahead because I wasn't always available. I was doing other things when my videos actually would go live. Um, I didn't start premiering my videos until lockdown. Actually, when we all went into lockdown March of this year, I had the time. I was then visibly sitting in front of a computer. I thought, oh, well, I can absolutely go ahead and, and premiere. And it's, it's nice because you build a community, you build the interaction with your subscribers, you, you get to know them more and more, they, they get to connect with you. And I think it helps them gain more from the content or from that video. So I wanted to stay with that because there are creators where the, the, the struggle for them, and it's not just for them, it's a lot of things in life, it's consistency. Can you be consistent as a creator to stay in front of individuals, viewers have very short attention spans, their loyalty to certain content may be fickle because there's something else that's brand new and shiny and interesting that, that captures uh, the, the short time that they have to themselves maybe in the afternoon once they're done with their day. And I thought, okay, if, if I want to continue to do that, I have to be consistent. Well, I have to make a plan to be consistent. So I've kept that. I have a calendar right now, actually, for 2021. So January through most of July is mapped out for at least three videos a week. And then I know as I have pickups, whether it's clothes, shoes, I'll, I'll fill those in sparingly. And then if I have other projects uh, or, or things in the works that I want to share with my viewership, then I'll do that.
but I think it's just having a plan. Like if you can map out an idea of what it is you want to bring to your channel every single week and at least get that down on paper, that gives you direction of when you can film. And most of us have the time. Now, I know I'm really weird because um, I don't know if you know uh, Sneaker Fetish. He's another amazing creator in this space. Yeah. Uh, he always teases me. He goes, you know you're the only, like, weird creator like Jay-Z who does, like, videos in one take and you don't edit anything. And most people, I don't know if they know that. So I don't – there's not chopping and editing in terms of the, the scenes that you see or me talking in terms of commentary. It's literally recorded in one take. So if it's an eight-minute video, it's typically recorded eight minutes straight through the first time, and then I go yeah. to edit and put whatever transitions or overlays I need for B-roll, but I, I don't – it's not scripted, <laughs> and it's not me record this part, stop, record that part, have to edit out mistakes and things like that. That actually doesn't happen um, when I'm recording. That probably makes it easier for me to – record three commentary videos in one day like I did yesterday and then I edited one last night so it's uploaded to go today at six and then I have to edit Fridays and Saturday or probably Friday yeah Fridays and maybe Saturdays uh tonight and then those will be ready to to premiere later on this week so what uh let's go back to when TJ first started the channel and you were putting stuff out and like you said earlier it's it's tough when people aren't you're not getting the the views you want to see immediately like what how did you battle through that what was going through your head i'm sure that's something that um people that are listening that are, are thinking about going on on like creating on youtube or have done it and have battled through this what how did you get out of that that rut let's call it I think I relied on a lot, probably based on my sports background of when you're first starting out, you're not that great. You're not that good, right? When I yep. first started out at, at basketball, you double dribble, you lose control of the ball, you aren't uh, aware, you're not paying much attention to where you're placing the ball, you know, off the backboard. If you're in track, you're not paying attention to your strides, you're breathing, and it, it all plays a factor. It takes time for you to build up the skill set and maybe a sport. So I think it also takes time for you to build up that skill set in terms of, you know, delivery being consistent. But I think also you kind of have to fall into what makes you different in whatever niche or lane you're in within YouTube. And so part of me, I had to understand that maybe I wasn't in just the best one because I was just in you know, kind of kind of just regular finance, but maybe that wasn't, you know, the best lane or the best space for me to be because the most, um, you know, interactive and energetic I am is when I, I'm mentioning finance, but it somehow it's tying back to, to sneakers and how they can relate to young adults. So it, it was humbling, but I had to realize, okay, people aren't watching, but for the people that are watching, what's the feedback you're getting? And I think people have to focus on, engagement and interactions versus just the numbers because there are creators that get lots of numbers but there's not a lot of interaction there people are there for whatever maybe the value is but it's not to maybe interact so yeah. people are taking the time to leave comments and actually inquire more they want you to go more 
in depth about it and you're interacting back with them, I think that can be as fulfilling sometimes as the numbers. And I think if you focus on that, what is the community you're building? Because when you're really small too, and not a lot of people are watching, but some are interacting, okay, there's no reason for you not to engage back with them. And I think that's another way that you can, you build trust with them and you start to just trust in yourself. Like you may actually know what you're talking about. Don't doubt yourself so much. And I think once I took a step back to and realized, okay, what is it you want to bring overall? And with me wanting to go and move into the sneaker lane, you know, I realized that so many young adults, they see us buying shoes, right? And they see it at an alarming rate. Mm -hmm. Um, Every new release that comes out, uh, the, the high price collaborations, if you have to pay resale, they see the end result. They don't see anything behind the scenes or they don't see that there can be a logical and a smart way to right. go after those releases. They may also not see the truth that you're not obligated or mandated to have to go after them just because somebody you like or gravitate towards is telling you this is dope, this is fire, which are unfortunately the only two words ever used on YouTube to describe <laughs> a shoe. But they, these are dope, these are fire, these are a must-have, top ten of the year. And I don't want I don't want young adults to feel pressure that they have to uh, conform to spending money maybe they don't necessarily have you know focus on right. whatever place you're you're at in life especially if you are young and you're still making your way you haven't even really be, begun to support yourself and in due time you'll be able to do the things you want to do I think if you do it in a smart and logical way um, so it, it I would tell young creators if they're struggling with You know, a lot of people aren't watching, they aren't viewing, you know, are you enjoying the content you're making every single day? If you're doing it, that's probably a third of what you need to, you need to focus on. The second part is you will have to find how you're different or unique and how that uniqueness can draw in viewership. Because if you're out creating content, you are doing it to be of value to someone else. It can't be all about you. It will have to be about what are people actually looking to watch, which is why search engine optimization matters. Um, and then finally, I would say, how is the, how, when you're putting something out, you know, is it, is it helping somebody? Like, is it actually providing a demand that's out there? And it'll take a minute. But again, that's where I think the patience comes back in. You have to be patient. You can go at it a year. You can go at it two years. And it's not going the way you think it should, but you st- I would say still be patient. Now, for some people, creators, I've seen this, they're, not only are they impatient, they're not really grinding as hard as they think they are. Like, yeah. I, I've uploaded 800 videos on YouTube, and I really started only going diligently, you know, hard at my channel since April of 2018. So that's a lot of content to upload in two years' time. And there are some creators that are barely doing a video a week, but they wonder why they're not growing. So you have to be accountable to yourself. Sometimes you're not putting yourself in a position to win. You're not putting yourself in a position for anyone to watch you or see you. And so I think you have to be, you know, remind yourself of that as well. Going Transitioning to cre- content creation. It's a tough... What I, Eh, I'm not even going to forward it that way. Basically, what I'm trying to get into is when I log into when I log into YouTube and see a vlog, um, recommended vlog or anything like that, most of the creators are white, right? And um, 
I gravitate towards the creators that aren't white, uh, people of color. And it's kind of weird to me to see how from a, from an outsider's perspective, from someone who doesn't create on YouTube, how, how hard I have to dig to be able to find a creator of color. Unless I'm going through the rabbit hole and checking out who TJ watches or anything like that. Right. So to just blatantly ask, do you feel as if black and brown creators are given the same opportunities as white creators on YouTube? In terms of having access to the platform, you know, yeah, the, you know, the platform and you have access to a Google account. Yes. Um, maybe in terms of, you know, having to almost prove yourself in terms of presentation, production, Mm-hmm. and the value you bring, I absolutely think you're going to have to work harder. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, it's not uncommon. There's a reality I can sometimes look at, you know, and I'm a black female in this space, so not only is it rare to see, um, uh, you know, a person of color in, in this space really thriving or always doing well at the forefront, but it's also do you see a lot of women in this space? This is a very male-dominated space. Um, within within YouTube and just within our you know our culture in general, sneaker culture in general is very male dominated, mm-hmm. and you know as a as a as a black creator, you you are aware that you can have counterparts that maybe aren't as consistent. Um, they don't evolve in terms of the content as much. It can sometimes seem lazy. It can seem the product is the star versus them actually bringing the value to the channel um, and themselves, and you, you can you can see that get pushed and blow up, mm-hmm. and you can see you know you will question yourself. Okay, so if I do the exact same thing, is it the exact same result? Now there are a lot of factors that can play into that, but the truth of the matter is, it, I don't see as many larger you know, black creators in this space that have crossed that threshold, I think. So when you look at, and there are a few you can look at, you can look at Jock Slade, you can look at uh, Mike Mitchell, AKA Sneaker Life. You know, you can look at also Tony D2Wild and and Bullet RC, but outside of those, can we name many more? Probably not. So then it becomes just a handful that are there. Yeah. And beyond that, you're, you're not, you're not seeing a whole lot of anything else, or if you see it, I sometimes wonder, do they fall off or stop pursuing it because they feel there isn't the reward there that maybe they're seeing other people get. When I say, or when I ask you what you would do to kind of right the ship on that, do you think it's, something simple that needs to be done or i mean we can't keep i mean it's in every industry at this point uh being both of us being black and brown we've always been told you're gonna have to work harder right but is there ever is there i would like to think there's a point in the future that we don't have to tell our 
kids, kids or our kids, whatever it's going to be, that that's the case. But what's what can we do today to kind of help that combat this problem in the future? I think it I think it will go back. I mean, very similar to, you know, in dealing with the the disproportionate maybe treatment of all of us you know in this country it takes people speaking up i think it takes people speaking up in those creative rooms perhaps so you know there are always rooms in which chatter is going on about opportunities and chances for a creator no matter who they are to you know be in a position to be showcased with a brand or a project or um, you know, an opportunity. And that is, that's a chance for Spotlight to shine on someone we may not know. And just imagine if that Spotlight was on more, let's say, black and brown creators. I think that's actually what it could help, what would be a really helpful point um, to, to get us maybe ahead. So, you know, in the rooms where you know, I've been fortunate enough where there have been people that have mentioned me into rooms, you know, mentioned my name in rooms. I had no idea about it. And then an opportunity arises and you're like, wow, okay. And then I've been on set where majority of the people that are there, you know, they're all white. So, okay. So that means you had a person of non-color that had to have probably been in that room that advocated, you know, for you and said, oh, this person has something. No, I want to use this person. And you don't ever know who you're all up against, but let's just say you are up against you know, um, a white individual that's maybe always been used. And yeah. it's another, it could be another black creator that is just as engaging and captivating and dynamic and brings something unique and different. So imagine if they're given that chance and now they're, they're in the forefront and now imagine they're in a new, they're in another room down the line Yeah. and they're able to advocate for the next young black or brown creator to be given that chance and to shine. So I think it's going to, it's going to need us trying to advocate for each other as, as I think we always do, but also having those allies that maybe don't look like us that bring us into the room and bring us right up there. I love that. I love that answer. What, um, what do you have planned for the future TJ? <laughs> I know, um, anybody that is, listening tj is giving just spitting facts right now but in reality tj also just got off work so is your goal is your future goal or your goal in your plans is your goal to make youtube and content creation a full-time gig or do you have something else in mind it's funny. I was someone, someone, and she's a. I actually had a CEO ask me that, and she owns a a branding and kind of a marketing manager, I should say, company where she works solely with individuals that that brand and market themselves as their own their own businesses uh, within themselves. And you know, she said, "So where do you plan to go with this?" Because <laughs> I think that that is kind of the case that people are curious. So do you plan to just do, you know, YouTube full time and not work anymore? Uh, I'm probably one of the rare people in America where I love what I do. I love where I work. I'm just always very, you know, mindful not to disclose that with, with, with the internet today as, uh, 
as awesome as it can be from time to time and not awesome. But I, I love what I do. I love where I work. I love the challenge that I get there. So I'm, I'm, I know that I'm rare in that. I don't, I'm not stressed about what I do every day at work. I may have a lot of deadlines from time to time. I may have a lot of tasks on my plate, but I'm not stressed about it. And so getting joy out of what I do there allows for me to equally, I think, enjoy creating. So there are like two jobs that I'm happy to attend every day. Cause at some point I'm doing something creatively every day for myself. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have plans for myself to stop. I always joke and laugh and say, I would leave my company if Nike reached out with the right <laughs> deal just to say that like, yes, I worked for the swoosh. I finally did it. But <laughs> Uh, I don't know that I would, I'll put it like this, if it ever got to that point where, you know, I'm I'm truly sustaining myself based on what I do creatively, then I would maybe have to seriously consider it. And because I'm not there right now, I'm still considered a micro creator in this space. I'm able to supplement my income, you know, ba- based on uh, my creativity on YouTube and then other sponsorships or products. Um, you know, I have other things in the works right now, so you guys will have to stay tuned on my page and then um, AJ, aka Ty87Kicks on Instagram, because him and I are are teaming up for something really fun and really special uh, to be in front of people more and more. And you know, being able to have those opportunities to do it with you know people you trust uh, in this space and then people that have your your you know best, I guess mind heart at heart I guess you're the 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 best for you at heart is it's fun and I don't know where it'll lead um I would love to be able to publicly you know either host events or at least be able to get back out there and, and talk to young adults because I think parents or maybe teachers get frustrated that messages don't reach home to kids but what medium are you really using to connect with them mm-hmm. and are you trying to tell them a story or direct them to what they should be doing in life in a way that doesn't really hit home with them. You know, I think if you, that that's why I love being able to talk kicks with a young adult, like, like in kids foot locker, if I'm there on the weekends working, because I can talk to them about a sneaker and maybe about if their attitude wasn't up to par and, you know, explain that mom and dad are working hard every day. So what they're getting for you right now it's an extra. It's a want. It's not a need. You have shoes on your feet right now. They don't have holes in them. Yeah. So, so trying, you know, I would love to be able to get back to get out and be able to talk to kids like that, whether it's at high schools, um, seniors from, from college that are ready to graduate. So just be mindful. You know, that's, that's the real test. Your, your first real check when you're an adult will set you up to succeed or it can set you up to fail. (laughs) And, you know, you may have to pick yourself back up down the line and, and do things a little bit better uh, than you did the first time. But I'd love to be in, in front of young adults, and I'm sure YouTube can probably be a springboard for that if I stay at it and if I'm able to transition that to more projects and opportunities, probably on Instagram equally as well as on YouTube. When when it's all said and done and i think you probably answer this in that in, in that answer but i'm going to ask it again when it's all said and done what impact do you want to leave on the world 
Um, if you, so I don't know if you if you've ever heard uh, Pink's song when she says, you know, if I could light the world up for just yeah. one day, and for me, if I could, you know, light up people internally just to make them feel empowered. Uh, to understand that their biggest key to success is just commitment to themselves. So I'm not somebody that is ever, you know, an anomaly in terms of silver spoon and, and, and outside of reach of being an everyday person. But I think if you are, you know, I've, I've realized my commitment to myself has taken me places that, I didn't think it could and far beyond. And I want to spark that in people, you know, just commit to you every single day. You know, we always commit to the negativity, the doubt, the self-sabotage, and it's easy to do just because of everything that's always coming at us from every angle. Um, But we don't, we're not consistent in the small things that will help us get closer to where we want to be. So if I could spark in somebody you know, it's okay to be a little selfish and commit to yourself because in committing to whatever it is you're setting out to do, you have no idea how your story or your journey is going to spark something in somebody else. And it can be a chain reaction of people committing to themselves because whenever you are, I think, in your element or walking or operating in your purpose, it opens the door for someone else. And you don't know whose door you're probably going to open if you're committing to your own purpose. Damn. On that note, where can people find out more about TJ if they want to ask you a question about anything you just talked about? Where where can they find out more about you? Where can they kind of follow your journey? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very, very active on YouTube. I, I almost post video, uh, daily, daily videos so you guys can find me on YouTube, Talks with TJ. Uh, be sure to subscribe like uh, whatever video you know it is that you catch Uh, please engage in the comment section i get back to as many comments as i possibly can i'm on instagram at talks.with.tj and i i post there far more than i do on youtube i post on instagram probably four or five times a day and it's just because i need to get content out of my phone so that my phone doesn't phone doesn't run out of storage and google doesn't run out of storage for me but I'm on there. If you guys ever want my budgeting ebook, it's called How to Build a Set Budget. Set stands for um, save extra debt payments and treat yourself. Uh, you can just email me. Uh, my email is right on my Instagram. You can also just email me, uh, tajakiesel at gmail.com. And I'm happy to get back to you. I usually get back to you guys within a day, get the ebook to you, and hopefully it's able to help you, you know, really take control of your income so you can enjoy the little things that that make us smile like sneakers tj thanks for jumping on the strange on purpose podcast we got to do this again in a year see where you're at thank you yeah absolutely i would love to do that and hopefully farther along than i am right now (laughs) (laughs) thanks thank you yo thanks for listening to today's episode again i want to thank you for listening to the strange on purpose podcast And if you haven't already, please review the podcast. It helps me a ton. Subscribe or follow us on Instagram at Strange on Purpose.